Hello and welcome to the Every Nation Twane Moikluf podcast. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message with us. So I hope in the next little bit that we're going to take five weeks to speak about something we can speak about the whole year. We're going to focus specifically this morning on singleness and the blessing of singleness. And then we're going to speak about friendships and we're going to speak about marriage. We're going to speak about um, marriage. We're going to speak also about, what's the other one? Parenting, raising kids, rascals. Okay. So don't miss it. And is this going to be relevant? Well, if you don't have kids, you know kids. You will have kids. Maybe you don't. You know, you're going to be in contact with kids. Especially if we start this morning, you think about singleness. How many of you are single? There's a few. How many of you have kids that are single? Oh, so you're raising kids and they're single. Hopefully they're still single uh, up to a certain age. Um, How many of you have friends that are single? We all do. And I hope all of us feel that God has called us to impact the world around us, and the world around us also has a lot of singles. Some people are single by death or difficulty. But we still care about that. So to all the singles in the house, all the singles and not the single ladies, all the single men and ladies, I want to ask your forgiveness from the church. Because many times when you come to this moment, we speak about singleness, it's almost like that moment where you kind of, okay, don't say that, don't say that. It's almost like you're in a cage while you're single, you're not yet complete, and there's something wrong with you while you're single, and then we just hope that one day you get breakthrough, and then you can move on, and then you can settle down, and then you will be complete, which is totally incomplete. Sorry for those messages. I don't think that is the heart of God and I don't think that is what the scripture is giving us. I hope this morning you're gonna walk out here and you're gonna actually be joyfully confident being single and those of you who are married and have children that you will raise confident young men and young women that do not despise their time of singleness. It's not a stepping stone, it's a calling. It's a gift. And as we speak about this, I want to ask every one of us that are even married, would you open up your heart and allow God to help you so that you will learn how to minister better to those who are single? As I was preparing the sermon, I said, God, man, this was my prayer. Send all the singles to our church. What an army. What an army. These people are available They are not so much concerned about too many other things in the world. And they could actually go anywhere in the world and take the gospel of Jesus to any place in the world. It's an army. And I hope this morning, even for those of you who are single, I hope your mind changes this morning, the way you see yourself and the way you look upon things. 1 Corinthians 7, and I'm going to deep dive into the scripture immediately. I'm going to take them step by step, and we're going to go through the Scripture. You're welcome to turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 7, and we're going to park in a few verses in 1 Corinthians 7. I'm going to focus this morning on three things to help us 
when it comes to the concept of singleness, but also relationship. In verse 1, Paul says, Now concerning the matters about which I wrote, it is good for a man not, not to have sexual relations with a woman. The original Greek speaks a little bit different. It says, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. And all the men say, okay, let me not touch. Okay, now let me help you what he's saying here. I want you to get a context of Corinthians. Because Scripture, what it meant back then, it still means the same today. But it's also important that we don't impose a new meaning of the Scripture today, which was not meant back then. Paul is addressing a crowd of people that live in the city of Corinth, where prostitution and sexual sins was at the order of the day. It was rampant. It was actually coming into the church, and you can go through Corinth, and you will see Paul's addresses. I mean, this guy once sleeps with his mother-in-law and this and this. I mean, this is chaos. So a lot of things happening in Corinth. So Paul is just on the same mindset, busy addressing some things. He's not making absolute general statements that we take into 2024 and almost want to impose everything on people. He's helping us to understand something deeper. There is more to singleness. He starts with, says, concerning the things I wrote you. It means he's already written about things. He's already spoken into things about sexual sins and about immorality. And it was not just singles. He was addressing people married. He was addressing people, you know, from all kinds of different spheres. Now he's focusing a little bit on those who are not married. He says, it's good for a man to not have sexual relations with a woman. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. When you look at this specifically, celibate, the meaning of this means to abstain from sexual relations. It means to remain unmarried. When it comes to touch a woman, Paul is saying it's good for a man to not disrespect, dishonor the boundaries of another person, a woman. It's good not to awaken, not just sexually, but it's good not to awaken emotions. It's good not to flirt. It's good not to overstep your boundaries. If that woman is not your woman, it's not your woman. Respect it. We're living in a world where boundaries have become blurred. And Paul says, don't do that. The verse 2 goes on and says, but, contrast, because of the temptation of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Paul is not, once you hear me, Paul is not saying that the premises of marriage is because of sexual temptation. People only get married because they're sexual. That's not what Paul is saying here at all. The same Paul actually speaks in Ephesians 5 and he honors marriage and he speaks about marriage and he believes in marriage. He speaks in Hebrews 13 verse 4. Let marriage be honored among all. Paul believes in marriage. How can Paul believe in Jesus and God the Father and the Son? And they made Adam and Eve and they made the earth and said, multiply. And here comes Paul and he changes the whole theology. He's not. Don't misunderstand what Paul is saying here. See, Paul is addressing something specific and a audience that is actually speaking into something, a Corinthian spirit of lust, where people are misusing and abusing other people. What is lust? 
Lust is when you want to benefit from someone else at their expense. You benefit self at someone else's expense. That's way more than just sexual things. Many business people do that. They exploit people. That's lust. That's not love. Love is you want others to benefit and you will pay the bill at your expense. True love, I mean, parents, some of you wake up in the morning and then you go and make like a tuberikis and then those same tuberikis come back the afternoon and they did not eat it. And then you go up next morning and you stand up again and you make weer tuberikis and, I mean, and then you take them to school and they don't even say thank you because, I mean, it's almost like you have to drive me to school. Really, no, I don't have to drive to the school. I do this because I love you and I get no benefit out of it. Love gives. Paul is saying there's something wrong here. Many of you have come to this place. You are involved in a way that you're trying to exploit people. Don't do that. And he's specifically speaking about if you're single, stay away from sexual sin. Staying away from getting involved and staying away from making yourself available. He says, protect yourself. But then he goes further, he says, it's not just staying away. He says, but, and the premises is not because of sexuality that people get married. He says, but each one should have his own wife and his, her own husband, which basically what Paul is saying is, when you are married, stay away from other women. Men, when you're married, other women are not your women. They're not your woman physically. They're not your woman with your eyes. They're not your woman with your mind. They're not your woman. He says, stay pure. Paul is addressing the same thing. He says, if you're single, stay pure. If you're married, stay pure. Both of you honor God. Whatever the condition is, ask yourself, is this honoring God? Am I honoring God at this moment? We live in a world with social media and everything around us and we are just bombarded upon, you know, image upon image about moment about moment. You see things happening in the business world and in boardrooms and in coffee shops and all kinds of everywhere. And God is saying, in the midst of all this stormy, just challenges, can we raise up a people who are different? Can we raise up a people who are not living by law but out of something in their soul, they want to live right. And that has got nothing to do with your marital status. That has to do with you as an individual who want to honor God. If you're married or single, you want to honor God. Verse 6 says, Now as a concern, not a command, I say, I wish that all were as myself as I am. What is Paul saying here? First of all, Paul is acknowledging that there's a higher law than his concern. Paul is not making himself equal with God. Paul is saying God's laws are God's laws. Keep them as God's laws. But I want to share with you my concern. All of you share concerns. You share concerns with people around you. What is Paul's concern? Paul's concern is not about being single. It's much more than singleness. Paul says, as I am, we need to ask ourselves, how was Paul like? How was Paul like? Oh, he was kind of 
always unhappy because he's not married and he was kind of, you know, kind of very distracted because he was not married and he was kind of unfruitful because he's not married and he was waiting for the marriage before he started to really serve Jesus. He was really waiting for everything to fall in place so he can settle down and then only he will start to write the scripture and serve God. No, that's not the case. This Paul we're speaking about here was busy. This Paul here did not need something else to secure his identity. He did not need other, you know, to be married before he became fruitful and faithful. No, this Paul here says, as I am, I have found something in Christ that not even marriage should take away from you ever. I have found Christ. And in the satisfaction that I have in Christ, I live from a place that I am so content and I'm so happy I wish you all could experience discontentment and this happiness. I wish all of you could experience that God is enough. Jesus is enough. And when you get married, it should never change and it should never replace Jesus. See, Paul says, there's something that Jesus does in our soul. Either you're single or married, that nothing else can fulfill. The first point I'm trying to help us to understand that being single, there's more to it. What is the first thing? It's freedom. That you and I can live free. We're not free one day when we get married. No, we're free because we met Jesus. And we can be totally free. And does that you know, dismiss the fact that you go through natural you know, needs and, and you, you have a longing to be accepted, to be loved? That is so normal. Paul is never saying it's easy. He's saying, in the midst of your struggles, Christ is there. In the midst of what you're going through, Christ is there. But what Paul is also saying, be very careful that you think because you're single, you're wrong. And because you're single, you are sinful or you are missing something or you're not complete. As a single person, you could be in Christ, whole, happy, satisfied, and living, literally living your max. In fact, that's the healthiest person to marry. And Paul is also not saying, you know what, look at marriage as a stepping stone. No, Paul is saying, be free no matter how long your season is. Let's go further. He says, let's be faithful, not just free. But each one has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say, that it's good for them to remain single again as I am. What does Paul say? He says, but to the single, he says, it is a gift. Friends, you don't, if you really love God and if you love people, you don't give your son, oh, here's a gift and it actually inside is this black mamba. <laughs> you only give that to your enemies. You don't give that to people you love. Paul's talking about his singleness as a gift. He's not looking down on it. He's not a curse. It's a gift, he says. It's a gift. What is the gift? It's blessed. Paul appreciates the calling of God upon his life. And it's not actually linked to identity thing. We need to be careful when people are single that we think there's an identity thing. We need to be careful what we bestow what we actually put on single people and almost like put them in a place you're great but you know what one day one day what why not living max today serving Jesus in the completeness of your relationship with Jesus 
and let the will of God unfold over your life without any way that we prescribe or we predefine how it must look like. It says this gift does not enslave you. It frees you. It's being graciously content and complete. That's why you're faithful. You're faithful with your holiness. You're faithful with your devotion. You're faithful with your relationships. Why? Because I am in Christ. All things are possible. Those who are in Christ Jesus, you have been given the ability to live a life within Christ Jesus that serves and honors Jesus. It's not dependent on you being linked to somebody else. Paul says, I'm content and I'm complete. Paul's life testifies of the beauty and the fulfillment and that you and I can enjoy the calling of singleness. By that I'm not saying, I can't define how long people are single or not. But what I can say in the midst of when you're there, Paul says, see this as a gift. Don't despise it. It's good to be single and faithful. It's good to be single and free. And Paul goes on in verse 9, he says, But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Again, is Paul now saying that, you know, if you can't, those who are married are the people who don't have self-control. That's actually a compliment for all those who are single. <laughs> but that's not what Paul is saying. Again, you see, we, we don't understand what Paul is trying to address here. Paul is saying that some of you, you in this rut where you think, if I get married, then th that actually is going to produce my freedom. He says, no, hang on. The issue is self-control on the inside of your soul, not your singleness. Issue in your soul is that you are not submitted to the Lordship of Christ in an area of your life. And you can actually be free. He goes on, he says, then get married. But Paul is acknowledging that being single is a challenge. Paul is not dismissing that it's sometimes hard. Paul is not dismissing that there's a normal way God's made us, that we want to be loved and we want to love. Paul is not speaking against marriage. Paul is not promoting that overall people get married and it's part of life to get married. He's not dismissing that. He's not saying it's easy to be single. He says in the midst of it's not easy, it's a gift. Honor God. We all have a need for affirmation and affection. We have a need to be affirmed and people love us. And so Paul is saying, that's what you have you need. Those are legitimate needs. Don't dismiss your needs. Run to your husband, Jesus. We are the bride of Christ. Go to your husband. Go to the Father. And there's something about singleness that we miss. There's a beautiful truth that singleness displays of God himself. Jesus was single. Have you thought about that? While he walked the face of the earth, he was single. Jesus walked and projected to us something that in God you not only should you should have a completeness in God and continually, even if you're married, every man and every woman here today, there's something that you will only find in God that you cannot look for in your spouse. 
And if you don't look for that in God and you're trying to find it from another human being, not only will you drain them, you will end up disappointed. You see, singleness gives you that beautiful gift, a moment where you are single and you are facing the realities and the difficulty of singleness, but you can run to God and there's something that can be established in your soul that becomes an example to people around you. How can you be single and happy? It's because I'm single and saved. I have a Lord over my life. And I find God's affection. You see, otherwise we believe in a lie. Yes, you are but you are full with affection and love. But I, you know, God is not complete. God is not able. The reality is. He is able. Are you bound to a wife? Then do not be, seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Then do not seek a wife. Years back, I was at Year of Your Wife. Year of Your Life. And... Um, Many people go there, and it's, oh, it's about wife. I said, that's not. It's not why we're here. Don't seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. See, here Paul says it clearly. And if you are betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I want to spare you from this. What is Paul saying to us? He says, don't seek marriage. Don't seek. You see, those who look for a wife, those who look for a husband, kind of start to take their eyes off. What happened with Adam and Eve? They suddenly realized they were naked. They weren't blind before that. They knew they were naked. The difference is, the moment Adam and Eve took their eyes off Jesus, they start to get anxious about everything around them. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, Jesus does something in our soul that keeps us secure and keeps us in connection with Him. Getting married is God's plan. It's not a sin. It's part of God's creation. It's part of how God's made it. But so Paul also says, there is a gift also while we're single. There's a season and a reason for that. I believe there's a season and a reason why my nine-year-old should not get married at nine. I'm confirmed. I'm absolutely convicted he should not get married now. I believe my 70-year-old should not get married now. I believe there's a season that there's a gift on our lives. And this is not a time-wasting moment, almost like hanging in the cage, sitting in a prison till somebody opens up your love door. That's not the case here. Paul says being faithful in that season before the worldly troubles come. Paul is not saying that marriage is wrong. Here's what Paul is saying. It's not wrong. But when you get married, there's realities that kicks in. You are no longer just pitching up at 12 o'clock at night because you care with your friends. Oh, shocks, I'm married. <laughs> you know, you're no longer just get in your car and you just drive off and then you kind of gone for like a day or two. You know, I mean, there's some things that you are starting to get concerned about and then you need to start to look after people. And then there's, you know, if you don't have kids, some of you have dogs, but there's some concerns. He says, there's things that becomes reality, just reality. When you have kids, they have to eat. When you have kids, they go to school. When you have kids, he says, it's not wrong because then none of us would be here because we all are born out of families. He says, what you have to keep in mind, there's a reality that you are not realized while you're single that you can actually enjoy your singleness. Because when you get married, there will be concerns that you don't have now. We take a mission two months from now. Anyway, if you're single, you can make a very quick decision. 
I minister around our nation. I literally have sat with my wife and said, I will be out one weekend a month. Why? Because I've got a wife and I've got two children. And I've got you guys. There's some things about things. It says it's not worldly. It's just the concerns that are reality around us. Enjoy your singleness. Keep your focus. And the last part that Paul goes, he says, from freedom, be faithful with your holiness. Be faithful with your relationships. Be faithful with your devotion. Be faithful as a single person. Love it and enjoy it. And in your tough times, go to friends around you. Go to even married people and say, can you carry the burden with me? Because there are burdens. There are realities. We're not dismissing it. But in the midst of those realities, you are a showcase of God on earth. There's nothing wrong with you. And if there's something wrong with you, I know married people, there's lots wrong with them also. It's not about your status. It's about the condition of your soul. Be faithful. From freedom to faithfulness. It doesn't end there. Paul takes this chapter to the next level, verse 29. This is what I mean, brothers. The point of time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as if you have none. Those who mourn as if you're not mourning. Those who rejoice as if you're not rejoicing. Those who buy as if you have no goods. Those who deal with the world as though you have no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. Whom of you realize this present form of this world is passing away? I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. We are going to speak about marriage. Hold on. Speaking to singles and the mindset of us, how we approach and treat singles. Paul is saying here, friends, the time is short. For those who are married, are you still living with that godly singleness in your mind? Those who are single, are you living with that mindset and focus that we're here for a purpose? See, Paul is saying that the urgency of our living is determined by the availability of our devotion, our focus, and our values. The urgency. I see so many people live as if this is eternity. You know what's the sad part of that? You're actually going to miss eternity. So many people buy as if this is going to be their home forever. They build as if. They do things as if. They speak as if. This is it. Man, if I can get to the top of the social media rank, they're up there, then I am in eternity. And then you just scratch down and realize this is a short-lived life. We all like grass. We wither. Had the privilege of speaking to one of the companies the other day, just their board, the leadership. And I said, there's a lot of things I cannot guarantee you, but there's one thing I can guarantee you. You all will die. Guaranteed. The only two did not was Enoch and uh, Elijah. Friends, Life on earth is temporary. Paul is saying, for those who do business, are you doing business as if this is, that is eternity? Or are you do, doing business because that's a short while? 
and you're doing it with eternity in view. You're doing it with eternity in mind. Those of you who are married, are you married and you're living in your marriage and your wife and your husband together with your children and you're living as if this is temporary, but we're living for something greater than just what is on earth. He says, you singles, you're the example. With your focus, would you encourage everybody else, those who are married, would you singles encourage those who are married that we stay keeping our focus? That we would live a life in a way that honors Jesus and that we make every day count. Debbie's prayed this morning for the unchurched and the unsaved. The reason why we came to this hall and not sitting in a theater today, which we can fit in, but first of all, the theater is too comfortable. It gives us a wrong perspective of Christianity. And the second thing of the theater it doesn't have a space for our vision. There's space here. I want you to dream about the unsaved and unchurched. Not the church next door that's growing, doing well. Praise God for them. I'm worried about the mall that's also doing well at the same time. In this hour. Lord, help us. Can we live focused? Paul says, would you from now on, Every person should have a from now on moment. Len walked into my house. I was ministering at one of the sports teams that he played with. And then he phoned me and says, can I come and see you? And me and Len stood down and looked at him. I started to share the gospel. He says, well, I have never, ever prayed that prayer. I don't think I'm saved. I had the privilege to lead him to Christ in my backyard. There's something about that now. What, do you have a now moment that you can testify of? Is there now a moment, if you're married or not married, that you know from this moment something changed? And are you still living out that now moment, or have you drifted from the now moment? Have the things of the world become important again? What is Paul equating this to? He says, the more we have anxiety, maybe the more we must go and check if we have not drifted from the purpose. That we get concerned about every single thing around us. I've just realized the more things you buy, the more things break. And the more things break, the more you have to fix those things that break. And the more you have to have people help fix you, the things that break. And life just gets really complicated if we make much more of our earthly time on earth. Nothing wrong to have things, nothing wrong to dry things. But let's not lose focus. Let's not re lose the, the reason why we're alive and why we're here. If you live in the short now, Anxiety becomes more permanent. God is calling us to live in the long-term security of who He is. A single or single-minded person, not just single, but single-minded person who focuses on the Lord and on eternity will be people who knows what is most important and what is not. Where are you this morning? All of us, friends, can still become more freer. God can set us free. We have a victory weekend. That moment is incredible. Our victory weekends, we've seen time and time again how people have set people, God set people free. Speak to somebody. Go to your connect group and get involved and be vulnerable. Open up your life. Freedom is available. Do not believe in the lie that you cannot be free. And there's certain stuff on earth that you'll never be free from. No, that Jesus was raised from the dead, broke the back of death, broke the back of pain, broke the back of sin, so that you and I can be free. As you and your freedom, let's keep on walking in faithfulness. Faithful with our relationships. 
faithful in church, faithful with your holiness. And ultimately, let's allow God to bring us to a place of fruitfulness. I want to end with a story. In our studies, we studied quite a few different missionaries all over the ages. From way back, St. Patrick was a monk. He was unsaved, sold into slavery. At the age of 16, they captured him and a lot of other people. And he lived literally, was sold to, to be a slave, tending sheep. Not allowed even to stay within the house. He lived outside in the rain and the heat and the cold, unclothed, unfed, far from home and without hope. And one day he remembered some kind of thought just came about God. And he cried out to God the following. He says, the Lord opened the, Lord opened the sense of my unbelief. He recalled that I may, might at last remember my sins and be converted with all my heart to the Lord my God. And he got saved. Then he started to pray to this God that is no more unknown that he got saved. And he started to say, Lord, would you deliver me? And God helped him out of that moment where he came out of the place of slavery and now he needed a ship to go back somewhere and he connected with these people at the ship and the people said if you would be our friend we will allow you on the ship and St. Patrick got on the ship ended up in Ireland he was not Irish but because of this deep now moment and seeing eternity for what it was he dreamt one night with this inscription the voice of the Irish when he opened up and heard the multitude crying they were crying, we beg you, holy youth, come and walk among us once more. Friends, our schools, our youth, they're not too young. We must not despise their time of singleness and focusedness. And because of this call, he responded. And he responded in such a convicted way. He made a vow. This is his vow. He made a vow to celibacy. And he made a vow to poverty. You can go read it. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm saying that what he did. He said it, it was, he came from a very wealthy family because he embraced Jesus. He took all his inheritance and he sold it. And he dedicated his life to the gospel. He had a single focus, single man. He was a single person, not married, and dedicated all his energy, all his time, all his focus to say, Lord, I want to spread your gospel. Here's what happened from a 16-year-old who got saved sold everything and committed to Jesus. St. Patrick ministered in Ireland for 29 years. He baptized 100,000 people. He built 300 churches that impacted Ireland, Europe, USA, and then beyond. He was single. Don't despise your singleness. Let God use you. Stay free. Stay faithful. And aim to be fruitful. You are blessed. You are not cursed. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for every single precious single person in our church. May they this morning walk out here, Lord, like champions. May they walk out here, Lord, with a desire to fulfill you, to, Father, to follow you and that you fulfill them. May they walk out here, Father, with a desire to please you in everything they do. May they be more faithful, more committed, giving themselves to you. And Lord, let your will be done over their lives into the future. 
whatever you've planned for them. I pray for those who are married. Help us, Lord God, to keep our focus. Help us, Lord God, not to be double-minded. Help us, God, to not get too concerned with the things of the world. That we will live the now moment every day. You're sitting here this morning and this is not particularly just for single people. This could be for anybody. And you said maybe in your marriage you're reacting and things are happening because in your soul there are pains. There are wounds that are not dealt with. And there's a story you tell yourself or there's something that you believe and every moment you find a certain pressure point in your marriage or in a relationship, you react. Don't you want to come just this morning we pray with you and ask God to heal you. Some of you are fearfully entering relationships because you've been hurt in the past. God doesn't want you to approach relationships with fear. He wants you to approach relationships because God has set you free. But that fear is real to you. Come forward to this morning and let's pray with you. Let's ask God to touch you. Some of you sitting here and say, Lord, I've not been faithful with my singleness. And I realized this morning it's a gift. It's not a curse. Whatever the Holy Spirit is doing in your spirit this morning, in your heart this morning, we want to minister. We want to pray with you. We want to love upon you. For those who are married, can I ask you, would you take a deeper concern and become more aware of single people around you where you can pick up their hands, where you could be family to them, Invite them into your lives. Invite them to your homes. Let's make them part of family and feel welcome. Father, we thank you this morning that you're doing something way beyond what we can speak or preach. At the end of our service, we're going to invite those leaders to come forward and we're going to pray with you. If you know that this morning God has touched your heart, there's pain, uncertainty, fear, insecurities, uncertain about tomorrow. Would you come forward? We would love to pray with you. And that is really for everybody. It's not just for the singles. If there's marriages here this morning. You want to come as a couple. Humble yourself and come and we're going to just pray with you. Father, we thank you for this moment. We bless you. That concludes today's message. For more information, visit our website at everynationswane.org forward slash moikluf. That's everynationswane.org forward slash moikluf. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Till next time then. Yeah.